You're listening to Tech Talks, the new podcast from Broadcast Tech. My name is Jake Bickerton, and I'm the editor of Broadcast Sport and Broadcast Tech magazines. In today's podcast, Broadcast Sport's Max Miller talks to Robbie Duick from Blast Premier Esports. Welcome to the Broadcast Tech Talks. Today I'm speaking to Robbie Duek from Blast, who run the Blast Premier Esports. Yeah, so you're a real pleasure to be on, on the show with you, Max, talking from home. We pack huge arenas full of thousands of fans watching live esports broadcasted around the world. I'm hoping for the moment we're all allowed to go back out again and, and, and see the world and go stuck, get stuck into watching live in an arena because, you know, it's the same way as when you turn up at a football match or a rugby match and you see the grass for the first time you're like wow and suddenly your heart skips a beat it's the same thing with esports when you walk into a stadium and there are 12,000 other people in there and they're all screaming and yelling at the same time and there's that adrenaline and the noise and the lights and the that's such a fantastic experience so desperate for that to come back but keeping very positive about this moment in time we're still capable of having them participate and produce live sport from distance which is a game changer i think technology enables us to be able to broadcast multiple teams playing from multiple different locations from around the world playing against each other yeah it's very exciting to be able to actually keep going close to business as usual during everything and how exactly are you doing that in terms of the remote production what kind of tech are you using and how i guess you're making it so it's a a fair playing field, I guess, between the players as well, because we're going to be using different connections and so on. So that ultimately is something that we're very well versed in. You know, we always meet the stipulations and requirements of fair play. From a tech perspective, you know, we'll be sort of hubbing our central broadcast from our home turf, which is Denmark. Players will be playing from uh, all around Europe. Uh, In fact, we'll be splitting our format because uh, we actually have American teams and European teams. And so we'll be splitting that so that the format actually means that the European teams we're playing as the European teams and the American teams against the American teams. That's important because at this moment in time, it's not quite feasible yet to have an American team playing a European team from a server ping time perspective, providing we can get our camera crews and, and, and filming units into some of those destinations. Now, we'll be doing some really clever stuff to try and bring that show alive. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about esports is you watch the broadcast. It's hugely exciting, but I think we can even do more. I think you really get into the game, get behind the scenes, really get there. So I think we've got some, some good stuff to be done on that. With the fans, we'll be watching from home. Is there any extra being done for them to be able to interact and be able to see more of the games that are taking place? This is an interesting piece at the moment because the world's crying out for more content. So Blast Premier runs the whole of the year. Uh, And these are two of the tournaments that run in June, right? One's called the Showdown and one's the Spring Final, which runs at the end of June. Phone is ringing nonstop uh, or inbox or whatever with with multiple publishers, titles, teams, organizers, brands, broadcasters. They're all phoning and saying, can we get more? There is a desire for more content because, you know, everyone around the world is basically desperate to watch more live sport. So there's a few things that we're doing in the initial before that is we've got a whole suite of different online formats that are launching next week as well. You know, they're very much geared to social and online, which enable quite a lot of interaction from the fans themselves, the consumers, uh, from casters and stars and players, etc. 
just to try and give some people some some respite and some content to watch during these pretty tricky times for everyone around the world. Esports is one of the only sports which is able to keep going in some form during all of this. And without the traditional sports there, there's something to be taken advantage of. Is that something you think you can keep a hold of this audience once traditional sport maybe comes back? Yeah, I mean, I actually think we're seeing a complete step change. And this is a catalyst in the step change now, albeit a pretty tricky one and a, and a very sad one, in fact. Esports has been on the rise for a long time. The statistics have proven that watch time is, is through the roof. In fact, I always relate to this. I mean, it, it reminds me of the days when I used to work in mobile and Mary Meeker would produce these reports which said mobile consumption was up here at this top level and, and mobile monetization was not quite there yet. And, and then eventually evened out over time. And more and more brands started spending on mobile because they saw the power in, in the solution. And I think what we'll find is a complete step change in consumer habits. I think that the notion of esports being a household mainstream activity to do at home will now change around the world. There are some countries that have already embraced it massively, the Scandinavian markets for one. But now you'll find that you know, some of the larger markets around the world will suddenly say, well, hold on a minute, this is actually incredibly entertaining. It is live sport. These are live athletes performing at the best of their ability. And they're not just sort of, you know, kids in their bedrooms eating chocolate bars, because that's really not what this is about. In order to keep that shift going, I guess it's important to give it access to people. And I mean, are you looking to broadcast this online or through linear TV and so on? In terms of that, how are you getting your production teams to work completely online in order to get that to happen? We currently broadcast on, on linear and, and on, on digital. With the exception of a couple of linear partners, everyone takes digital feed anyway. From a production standpoint, as long as you've got the, the equipment in the right place and the know-how and the right people behind the right desks and they can work, we'll, we will be restrained. We couldn't have 20 people in a room cutting and editing at the same time. That's not going to work for us. But we'll be in a position to have the right number of producers at the right time in the right destination, respecting the laws and the governance that's put in place by the different markets to be able to produce at a digital level. I mean, the other thing is a lot of these formats that we've brought out in the coming weeks are, you know, one-on-one, you know, even from a team competition perspective, you know, any one of our teams will still be able to play even if they're in five different destinations. Depends on the eSport, right? But this particular one, Counter-Strike, five players in each team. So they'll they'll still be able to play uh, even if they're in, five different cities in France, for example. There's a lot of competition um, in esports. How do Blast kind of differentiate themselves? It's a good point, right? So actually what this opportunity or what this moment in time has presented actually is a lot of very smart business people who are coming up with some really innovative ideas. We want to do things which we think are sustainable post the moment we come out of this crisis. And we will come out of this crisis. And we will carry on packing stadiums, right? That, I, you know, I've had conversations in the last weeks where people have said that people aren't going to go back to stadiums. That's absolutely not, in my opinion, the truth. So I think come whenever that moment is, we'll be packing more people into stadiums because I think people will just have a strong desire to be out and feel free and do what they really want to do. The question around differentiation is important to us. We've you've always proud us to prided ourselves on being an entertainment business. It's all about entertainment and spectacle and image and show. And, you know, we're really trying to get the the real sports element out, but at the same time, the entertainment angle, really get under the skin of the players, understand where they're, where they tick, where they don't tick, do innovative things with, with our show and our product and our, and, and our production. And I think we've, 
we've shown that in the past couple of years we've developed this business that we can really push boundaries and 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 that's come out in our production and i think it's widely noted that we've, we've got one of the best out there which is fantastic a lot of competition are trying to put stuff out there and put big prize pools out but if it's not sticky and people don't want to watch it it's almost irrelevant, right? The show's got to be great. You're not going to watch a, you know, you, you, you would watch it, you only watch a football match because the spectacle's great and the two teams that are playing are really cool or you've got a passion-based reason for it. We've seen recently with Formula One, NASCAR, um, some football teams as well, trying to use esports during this time to keep up engagement and interaction with fans and so on. What do you think about that as an opportunity for them and something with them coming into your sphere? You see that happening more and more in fact a lot a lot of those players are phoning up now and saying can we do stuff together and i actually watched the formula one piece i actually quite liked it i watched it for 10 minutes i, I thought it was fun i thought it was compelling I, I felt like i was on a racetrack we know the bahrainis really well because we had one of our tournaments in bahrain at the end of last year and so i was pleased to see that all of their sponsorship opportunities have been met because if you watch closely you saw golf air was kind of integrated into the into the game etc and, and other sponsors and so I think Formula One did that really well and really quick. You're going to get a lot of people coming in. They were skeptical at first. You can watch esports in that way and still feel entertained. And the same comes for many other athletic sports where actually there's a bunch of people who are incredibly fit and healthy and can't go out and run and can't go out and walk and can't go out and cycle and can't do all these other things. Big, big opportunity there for those guys as well. So I'm watching that space very closely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Broadcast Tech Tours Podcasts. Subscribe now and I'll see you next time.